You know AM570 LA Sports is the Dodger station, but did you know this season, we stream every single moment of the game on the iHeartRadio app. Just search AM570 LA Sports and be sure not to miss a moment. AM570, an LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete. Rob Parker in for Rodney today on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, Petros and Money even mentioned yesterday that that is the worst Bugs Bunny they've ever heard in their life. So it wasn't just us then, right? We weren't being old men, hey, get off my lawn kind of guys? No, they, we weren't. They said that was the worst Bugs Bunny they have ever heard in their life. I mean, I, I thought we picked it up, and some people said, who's Bugs Bunny? You know, some of our listeners. Is that right? Who's Bugs Bunny? Well, they're not old enough to remember Bugs Bunny. Who's Santa Claus? I mean, come on. Who's Bugs Bunny? Yeah, well, I'm just telling you. But anyway, it's it's generally now acknowledged that that might be the worst Bugs Bunny ever. Way to sell that movie. <laughs> I'm curious to see how that movie does. I know the kids would want to go see it, right? I saw a commercial for it last night. I, You know, I, I sat there and I watched the commercial. And I said, I wouldn't go see that. Kev, are you going to see it? Is that a date night? Absolutely not. Or I should say, no way, no how. Thank you. Because that's what I would say. Ronnie, you going to see that? You know, I'll just pop in the original. How about that? There you go. It might have been a better idea. And we'll see how it does. But, you know, there will be a spin on it no matter how it does, right? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. There's you know spin. that. Yep, there will be a spin. Well, it doesn't do well, well, because nobody's going to the theaters anymore. Right, what do you expect? Yeah. It's a pandemic. We're coming off a pandemic. Right. right. And if it does, well, see? We knew this would be one of the great hits of all time. Exactly. LeBron's got that kind of power. He's got that kind of juice. He moves the masses. I'm guessing it'll be okay. Yeah, probably won't break the bank, but it won't be terrible either. It'll make did money. You, did yeah. you see Uncle Drew? Yes. See, I knew that was going to be a bomb. Because you know what happens a lot of times? People try to take a five-minute skit that's very funny, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and then make a full-blown movie. Do you remember when Pat from Saturday Night Live made a movie? Did you guys see that? Yeah, it's Pat. It's Pat. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's hilarious when they, do the, when they were doing the skit on Saturday Night Live. Hilarious. They try to make an hour-and-a-half movie out of that little <laughs> androgynous woman, guy, whatever it was. And it was awful. Oh, my God. One of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah, so I think it opens July 16th. It does, yes. Okay, July 16th. We will, that'll be the only time we'll give you a box office report on the show. Usually you get that on the weekend on the Channel 4 News at about 6.45. Now the box office review. They and still do that, huh? Yeah, well, I, apparently we do. I have no idea why. They used to have movie critics, remember, in the, in the day, Fred? Oh, absolutely. Oh, big time. Siskel and Ebert. Right. And then that, on the local news, everybody had a movie critic, and they used to review movies and all that. Yeah, uh, David Sheehan did it in this market. Yeah. Uh, we had Dino Lally do it for a while. Oh, oh, George Panacchio at ABC. He covers entertainment. Right. I don't know if he does reviews. And Sam Rubin 
on the KTLA Morning News. I feel like they're the last two. Right, Locally, it might be, that I right? can think of that do any because the Pinocchio every now and then will do his own little spin or his own review here and there. At least he had in years past, but I can't think of any other entertainment reporters that we even have. You, you outside you, of he and Sam Rubin. You see George Pinocchio once in a while. It's been a while. Okay, you know what I was told. What were you told? Oh, Fred? you got information. What's this? He always wears a vest. He does. Yeah. His wife makes the vest. Really? Really? Yeah. That's what wow. I was told. Nice. Yeah. I mean, they are nice vests. I'll give him that. Yeah, no, no, they're very nice. They always look sharp. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but I was told that his wife makes his vest. You want her to make you a vest now, Fred? Yes, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all I, all I know, all I know is that he's vested in the marriage. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> the other night, I have, I'll, t- I'll tell you something real funny. So the other night, I'm standing there and I'm getting ready to go on, and I'm in the studio, and I, and doing our weather at eleven now is Melissa McGee. Uh, she's from here, worked in Philly, and she's back. She's just terrific. And I'm standing there when Chuck and Colleen are sitting at the desk. Right. And uh, I was standing up at that point in time because we still had to be socially distanced despite the fact we were all one foot from each other normally. But in the studio, we had to be socially distanced, so I was standing off to the side. And I'm standing there, and I'm getting ready to go, and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give it an old Dallas Reigns fist pump. I'm going to do the old Dallas Reigns, yeah, just like he does. And I said, no, you're not. I said, oh, yes, I am. I'm going to do a Dallas Reigns here and see if anybody picks it up. So we came on. I can't remember what the lead story was, and I started talking. I went, and the Dodgers, and I gave it the big Dallas Reigns fist pump. Everybody started laughing in the studio. Nobody knew what I was doing at home, obviously. Right. But it was my homage to Dallas Reigns. I I want that known. I gave him an homage. I gave him the fist pump. I remember him. Yeah, he's still there. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. You know what I might start doing? Every night. Tributes to uh, local broadcasters? Every night, I might, in my own way, do a tribute to somebody else on another station. Okay. I'm sure that'll go over well. Keep the, yeah. You know what I'm going to say one night? Keep the faith. <laughs> I'm going to do that. One night. Unbelievable. Friend. I am. <laughs> I might start doing that. Every night. So, you know, it'll just be like a Hitchcockian moment. It'll just appear. I'll make a gesture or, or a mannerism that somebody on another station does. Is my homage to all. Or you can get a foam brick and throw it at the camera. I could do that. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Right. We we used to have a, a newsman, Bill Jorgensen in New York. Gruff old guy. You know, looks like he's smoking between stories. You know, like that kind of... Our kinda, people used to. Right, between stories yeah. or whatever. And he used to... He was on Channel 5 in New York. And he'd always end the, the sports... Ca- the newscast. Thanking you for... Thanking you... Thanking you this time... Thanking you for your time this time until next time. I'm <laughs> that was his. Thanking you for your time this time until next time. You know, there was a time talking about smoking. People smoked on the set. On the set, right. And if you and if you watch closely, John Schubeck and Kelly Lang many years ago, and they didn't like each other. So when Schubeck was on, Kelly would turn her back. And smoke? And, and take a hit, take a puff, and put it down. And then when she would go on, Schubeck would turn his back to her and read the wow. New York Times. And you could see the little plume of smoke, if you looked closely, just coming up from behind the desk. But Fred, you know, you were on a Tonight Show. They used to drink and smoke on the when they sat there with Johnny. You yeah, remember? Well, before you went on the Tonight Show, you know, you went to the green room or you went to your dressing room. And would they get uh, lit? Everybody was drunk? First thing they'd say, <laughs> you want a drink? First thing they'd say. I mean, they were the nicest people. And you go back into your dressing room, you want a drink? You want something to drink? Back then, I didn't realize, yeah, you should have had a couple of pops because then you go out there. And what happened was people would have a couple of belts and go out there 
And they'd be so loose. It'd be oh, hilarious. God. Johnny's trying to lube you up. Let's go. Let's that go. Makes sense. I get it. Yeah. And, and back then, which is unbelievable, Kev, because you're too young, the Tonight Show was an hour and a half. That's right. Television. 90 minutes. Wow. It was an hour and a half. Television show, same thing. Columbo used to, his show was an hour and a half. Was it really? Yes. Columbo, an hour and a half TV show. That was Peter Falk, who was Columbo. Yeah, who was great. He was yeah. a great He was great on that yeah. role. Remember Cannon? Yep. William Conrad? William Conrad. I've told the story. William Conrad weighed about 450 pounds. And he was this private eye. Now, granted, he wasn't the fastest guy in the world because he weighed 450 pounds. <laughs> you don't say. Right. <laughs> and what they would always do is they'd show, him, they'd show him chasing somebody in a car. Yes. Right? And the car would screech to a halt. And then they'd take a shot of the suspect. And the next thing you'd see, because William Conrad couldn't even get out of the car. The next thing you'd see is William Conrad leaning up against the car because he couldn't move. He was too big. <laughs> so you'd always see the guy running and then he'd be out of the car. Didn't halt! He, halt! Didn't he, he come, didn't he come back and do that Jake and the Fat, fat Man? Wasn't was, he on Was he that? Jake and the Fat Man? I, I don't know. Was he? Was that William Conrad? That's who I thought you were talking about. <laughs> right? I, I think he was came back. I think what did William I say was Conrad him? was uh, Black Sheep Squadron. Remember no. he used to put the no, bat no, no, on no. his shoulder? No, you're, thinking of, you're thinking of Robert Conrad. Oh, okay. I got my Robert Conrad. Conrad. Yeah. Right. William Conrad. Look him up real fast, Kev. Yeah, I'm not sure, Fred. If he was oh, did I say he was Cannon? No, that was Mike Connors. He, he might have been Jake and the Fat Man. And if he if that was the show he was on, he appropriately played the fat man. No, no, no. You're right. He was he was canon. You're right. He was canon? He was yes, canon. Yes, canon. Okay. And he was uh, Jake and the Fat Man. See, he was on that show. 87 thought... to 92. Yep. yep. I, I don't want to say he was typecast. Which one was he? <laughs> he was I know, right? Are you Jake? Jake. No. Are you Jake or are you the fat man? You weigh 450 pounds. Let me see. It was pretty obvious. <laughs> fat like man you probably, was. You know what? You probably couldn't even name a show that today. Oh, no. Right? No. no. Jake and the uh, Weight Challenged? Is that what you call the show now? <laughs> the big bone guy. Right. Man of large girth? Jake and the fat man. You couldn't get away no, with that. No way. All right, but here's a man that will provide spirituality, and after that conversation, we need it. Yes. We welcome on Vic the Brick with the Daily Haiku and Two. And Vic, good afternoon. Well, good afternoon, Fred. Hello, Vic. I love that homage idea to various newscasters around the Los Angeles area. Give me, give me a name. I'll observe them and then I'll pay homage. Really? Yeah. Who? Who do you want me to pay homage? Well, you know, I'm a big local news guy. I love local news. I, it's one of the last great forms of live entertainment. Yes. Yes, Vic. I got one for you, Fred, when it's my turn. I got one. Okay. Well, since Vic doesn't have one, do you want to take your turn now? Vic, you remember Ted Dawson? I mentioned him yesterday. My voice can't go that high. All right. No, no, no. But he used to say on a double play, bingo, bango, bongo. No? Sure. Oh, yeah. Ted Dawson. That's why he's not here anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Vic? How about, how about Kaj Goldberg? Is he still here? Absolutely. Weather guy, what, CBS? I mean, Ty, yeah, Kai, Kai Goldberg, man. Kai Channel Goldberg. 5? No. Does the weather? Oh, is he at Channel 5 now? 
I believe so. He might be. Because the weather are very smooth. I never miss uh, Channel 5. I never watch it, so I never miss it. Oh, I'm sorry. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like Goldberg. No relation to the wrestler Goldberg. No, none, Vic. But uh, I like that idea for, you know, of course, uh, you know, Dallas with that fist pump. Oh, I gave it a good is, one, uh, I gave it one, Vic. That's a good one. I gave it yeah, one. Yeah, that's oh, a good yeah. Oh, that's, that's uh, really a cool, cool shtick. Because, you know, I, I mean, he'll do it when, he, when, he, when he's pumping up, you know, a food, a food drive at Vons. He'll do the whole same thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He walks out of the building, he does it. I think he knocked yeah. somebody out one time and was arrested for assault. <laughs> he can play ball. He's from New Orleans originally. Didn't he play Florida State? I believe he did. I played some ball with him back in the day, like a charity game in Long Beach. Yeah. He can play. Oh, yeah, Dallas can play, man. He's a big dude. Of course, the best hair in Hollywood. He's got some hair, Vic. Oh, Is man. Real? I think it's it is real. Yeah, yeah. Sensational hair. Anyway. Rob, thank you so much. You've been filling in this week for everyone. And you've done a sensational job. Thank you. Thank you, Vic. You know it means a lot coming from you. Always. Always. It's executive producer of the Rogan and Rodney Show. This diversity in this background is helping him a lot tonight. Put your hands together. It's Kevin Segers now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's the Sultan of Sound. Just Technology made that up. And stuff. Technology. It's Ronnie Fazio. I'm feeling you. Ronnie, you like that Sultan of Sound? <laughs> I think it has a nice ring to it. I love it, Vic. Thank you. The Sultan yes, of Sound. Yes, Vic. You, yeah. The Sultan of Sound. Yes. Again, I want to congratulate the Clippers. On a breakthrough season. Just wasn't enough. They were exhausted last night. You could see they were exhausted. Yeah, they First were half, they were exhausted. Yeah. They, were, they just nice ran out of gas. Right? Come on, a nice run for the Clippers. Ex- excellent run. They just ran out of gas. And it's like, you know, as, you know, as, as, as Paul says, if they had Kawhi, they'd still be playing. <laughs> well, George is right. Kawhi's laugh. Don't laugh, Kawhi. If they, if you were in the mix, it would be a different story, man. Anyway, that, that is one of the all-time great drops in radio history. Kawhi's laugh. <laughs> Isn't it? Re- it's seriously, uh, like really. It really is. They'll be playing this uh, fifty years from now. It just—you can't get enough. It's evergreen, <laughs> as they say in the business. They'll say, "Do you remember that guy, Fred?" Fred Rogan, who used to work for KNBC in Los Angeles, and then they played a drop. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, before the Clipper game, I'm checking out Otani Sign in the Bronx. Yeah. Horrendous, just a horrible first inning. 41 pitches. Didn't didn't last the first. 
two-thirds of an inning, seven earned runs. I mean, he walked guys. But there was only soft contact. It's like the Yankees were, you know, bashing it into the bowl of Queens. It was soft contact. He just had no control. I think he walked four, hit a guy. But the Yankees didn't even hit him hard, really. He just had no control. But Otani-san, amazingly, despite losing, they were down 7-2, and the Angels mounted this crazy comeback and won the game. You know what they say about Otani, don't you, Vic? What's that? I agree with that. I'm telling you, I, I told you my nickname, Shohei Me the Money Otani. He is that guy. I like it. But New York was still going crazy for him. Imagine playing in the Bronx with that short porch in right field, right? And being, you know, when Matsui played there and other Japanese players played in New York, it was a big deal. Sure. Now, people, you know, Otani's international. This is, you know, I think you know, we take him for granted in Los Angeles. Number one, you know, the Angels are not the main squad, and they're in Anaheim, so they're not going to get the, uh, you know, the publicity. But Otani's on season is just so dr- dramatic and historic, and, you know, I think we're, we're witnessing insane history, hardball history. But anyway, he did get roughed up, but he just walked, you know, Joe Madden came out, Said Otani-san, you think you've had it? Uh, you know, thank you, thank you for your effort. And Otani-san, with a smile, you know, gives the ball to Joe and walks off the mound. He did not come out and say Otani-san. I'm sure oh. he did not say Otani-san. I believe he did. Uh, I don't have a you know, AM five seventy LA Sports hidden microphone. Yeah. You know, on the mound at Yankee Stadium, but. Joe, I'm sure, calls him Otani-san. How Am I the only one who, call, who calls him Otani-san? Maybe he calls him Shohei. Possibly. Yeah. I don't think he calls him Otani-san. I bet his translator calls him Otani-san. Okay, that I don't know. But anyway, you know, class and dignity. You're getting, you're getting roughed up in the Bronx. Yes, you, you hit two homers the night before. You come back and you, you've, you've given up all these crazy runs. Yeah. Again, soft contact, y'all. Yeah, we know. Yeah. yeah. And he just uh, showed so much class and dignity. I thought he was just coming out of the game. Yeah. You know, some guys would just go, you know, throw the glove, or you know, when, when they hit the dugout, oh, Tony's smiling, and you know, let's go Angels. I mean, it was nice. You know, he's just it's a class class act. Yeah. Class act. That's like Patrick Beverly. Forget about it. They think he's gone. Are you with me on that? Anyway, it's a whole other subject. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. It was ugly. Yeah. I'm not gilding your lily, am I, K-Fig? You are not, no. Yeah, Patrick Beverly. I don't know what the hell he was thinking about to push, uh, you know, uh, Chris. Listen, I'm as frustrated as everyone. Every Clipper fan was as frustrated. But you don't do that. You do that in my park. You wouldn't walk out of my park, okay? Am I right, Rob Parker? It would be, it would be Queens, trouble. You, you lose a know. tough game. Some schmuck on the other team, you know, pushes the star of the other team after the game out of frustration. You don't leave that park. No doubt. It would be prob- probably in an ambulance you would leave. Exactly. 
on his, on his way to the Jamaica Hospital. And I'm not talking the island of Jamaica. I'm talking Jamaica, Queens. There you go. Yeah, that's one that's... I know he apologized, the whole thing, but... You know, Beverly, come on. We, we love the way you play. You're feisty. You're funky. You're crazy. We love that about you. But don't... Don't be such a cheap shot artist that you embarrass the franchise. Gotta have a little class. Even in defeat. In defeat, yeah. You, you got messed up. You ran out of gas. Okay. We get it. We understand. Yeah, big. But you don't shove the, you, know, you don't shove anyone, not just Chris Paul, it's because he's, he dropped 41 on you and you couldn't handle him. You don't do that. It's just unacceptable. Anyway, that's just me. Is it me? Kind of. Is Vic. it just me, Fred? No, Vic. I think everybody agrees with that. Thank you so much. This is by Sono, a lady. A haiku on this Thursday, July the 1st, everybody. Welcome to the, to the new month. The heat is hard to bear, while baby fingers at my back are playing with my hair. I'm feeling you. Sono, a lady. So she has a child. I like that. Yes. Oh, oh, is that what it is? The baby yes. fingers. I thought it was her playing with your hair. No. No, it's a baby. Okay. Sono. That's the first time we've ever had mention of a baby in a haiku. I remember exactly. that. I remember that show. So, uh, so no and share. Remember that. Show? <laughs> had a good run. So no and share. <laughs> it's lit. Stories lighting up the sports headlines. Fred's laughing. <laughs> so no and share. So no and share. All right. Hey, that was a good variety show. Remember when variety shows were big? Yeah. Right. Oh, man, that was a great show. I that still watch it on great show. And they used to bring out Little Chastity. Yes. Oh, Little Chastity was great. <laughs> Brought you by Jacob and Today marks the first day that uh, athletes, college athletes, can be compensated or strike deals for their name, image, and likeness. And Reggie Bush, of course, notoriously back in 2005, the at the investigation at the house that was bought for his family in San Diego, returned his Heisman to the Heisman Trust. All the records of their victories at USC during the time he was there were taken away. He says he has petitioned the NCAA and the Heisman Trust to reinstate all of their victories to give him his Heisman trophy back. But he told TMZ, all of my efforts falling on deaf ears. He says he's actually exchanged or played phone tag with the Heisman Trust. The Heisman Trust executive director called them back and told them, uh, we're not going to call you back for a conversation, and we're not going to be able to help you in this particular situation. Uh, does Reggie Bush have a legitimate claim saying that now that there's new name, image, and likeness rules, they should retroactively give him his Heisman back and give USC their victories back from when he played with them? All right, a couple of things. First, the NCAA, by the way, trumpeted this as a major triumph for all student-athletes. You mean after the Supreme Court unanimously approved it? Yeah, and after every state basically said, we're right. doing it anyway. So spare us that and your spin on it. Now, as for Reggie Bush, should he get the Heisman back? I'll go one further. That season where they were put on probation, those games should now count. Because you know something? when you The way this works, it's legal now. Okay, then all of that should be reinstated. It's legal. You can't say 
this guy lost his Heisman and the season didn't count because back then we thought it was wrong. We think it's right now. So we're not going to correct what happened back then. Yes, they should correct it. Fred. He should get his Heisman back. You couldn't be more wrong. The rules were clearly stated at that time, and he violated the rules. I, and, and I get it why you would be frustrated, because had it been a few years later, then it would have worked out for him. But he knew what he was doing. They knew what they were doing was not right. And, and you got to live with the consequences. A lot of players have done it. He got caught. You know what I mean? Normally, there's not a money trail or whatever. We know it goes on, Fred. He's not the only guy who did it, but he got caught. I, you can't retroactively uh, go back and change things. That would be like uh, the speed limit is now 65 on the 405, and it was 55 25 years ago, and you want those tickets uh, changed because now it's, it's all right to drive 65. Yes, I do want them. Okay. Yeah, I want them changed. It's one of the greatest fiascos in college football history is the stripping of Reggie Bush and the Heisman Trophy. Give him his trophy back already, NCAA. You've got your heads up your tuckuses for the last 50 years. you got to start making things right. It's great now that the college athletes are going to be you know, paid for their likenesses. you got to correct all the crap that you've done over the years. And one of, the, one of your most egregious boners... It was a stripping of Reggie. Give Reggie back his hardware. He deserved it. One of the greatest, greatest campaigns in college football history. Give Reggie his freaking hardware back. Now, one more. Uh, we talked about this briefly yesterday, but today is the day. Bobby Bonilla mm. Day. Yes. July 1st, where he gets paid $1.9 million. <laughs> one of the all-time greatest deals ever. So, and Fred, you were asking now, you know, he was owed $6 million, essentially, by the Mets. Right. Why was he getting $1.9 million for 25 years after that? The, the, the money or the math doesn't add up. Here's exactly what happened. So, Fred Wilpon was the owner of the Mets. He was in with Bertie Madoff uh, back yep. then. So, they used the $5.9 million that they were going to pay Bobby Bonilla and invested it with Bernie Madoff. Nice. So they lost the money. They thought they were going to get this gigantic return. Apparently, the return on investments initially for Madoff were huge. They said they were going to invest that $6 million and make 70 So the deal they made with Bonilla is, okay, go ahead. We'll cut you loose. We're going to start paying you in 2011. He was cut loose in 2000. He didn't get his first payment until 2011. So over 25 years, they added interest, by the way, as well. So that's where basically a $6 million contract turned into a $29.8 million payout for Bobby Bonilla because basically they were hedging against, I guess pun intended with hedging when it comes to Bernie Madoff, uh, but hedging that they were actually going to make about $70 million off of that $6 million investment and in turn only have to end up paying Bobby Bonilla $29 million. Of course, the situation happens and they find out he was a giant you know, sleazeball and they got zero money on that investment but they still owe Bobby Bonilla all of that money through 2035. But you know what? As big as that deal is, there's one sports deal that's even better than that. What is that? That was the spirit of St. Louis that oh, yeah. held out when yeah. the NBA and ABA merged and they basically got they folded their team but they got an equal share of all TV money in perpetuity so forever and the nba finally couldn't pay them anymore and decided that they would give them 800 million dollars for them to go away that's what they had to pay them but they had a legal contract 
uh, forever as long as they held the uh, trademark for the Spirit of St. Louis. The owners? Yep. Yes, the owners. That is the greatest deal in sports. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. How do you get a deal in perpetuity? I mean, I can't even believe that it wasn't for 10 years or 20 years. Forever. Well, whoever was negotiating for the NBA at that time, really a bad call. I mean, at time that back then the TV deal wasn't big or major, or right? Anything. No, it wasn't, and they didn't. Th- but, but but you got to think about it. How do you give somebody a deal forever, though? Is what I'm. You know yeah, what I mean? I get it, no. Kev. Yeah. But I got to say, okay, twenty years or twenty-five years or something, but to say forever, and the NBA finally said we're not going to pay it. You guys got to take a settlement. That's the only way they got out of it. Yeah, because I think it was like three percent or four percent of TV revenue. That yes, they had. yeah, that's what without having a team, right? And, and, and these are billion-dollar TV contracts. That's, and the merger yeah. was 1976. So right. just think about how long ago that was. Crazy. Vic, you have thoughts on Bobby Bonilla? The beauty of compound interest. Right. All you kids out there, compound interest—that's the way to go. And Bonilla is reaping the benefits. And that's what's lighting up the headlines. Kevin's been great. What if you're the home team, but it always seems like you're on the road? We'll explain next. All right, Rob Parker in for Rodney today on AM570 LA Sports. NFL insider, good friend. Vinny Bonsignor jumping on real quick. Vinny, how are you? What up, Vinny? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you. You know, I, I was looking at the NFL schedule, specifically the Chargers, and who they have coming into SoFi. <laughs> and they have a group of teams that travel very well. We know when they were down at, uh, at Dignity Sports Health Park, uh, the crowd was mostly the road team. Now you have 70,000 seats to fill, but you've got teams that travel really well. Is the league concerned that it'll be like 70, 30 opposing fans? I mean, I, 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 not only are they concerned, I think they've resigned themselves to that fact. You look at the Cowboys coming in, the Raiders coming in, the New York Giants, the Minnesota Vikings, um, you know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, obviously, the New England Patriots, the Cleveland Browns on a year where, you know, the Browns are, um, are, are, are potential Super Bowl, uh, you know, participants. And you look at it, and it's not just that they travel well, which they do, uh, Steelers, all those teams that we just named. But there's also transplants here uh, in Los Angeles or there in Los Angeles now in Southern California in a close drive um, to, to SoFi Stadium that are going to be gobbling up those tickets. Now, in, in, in one respect, it helps the Chargers because that's ticket sales. Where, you know, the fans are fans, and, you know, you got to do what you got to do in, in their situation to sell tickets. But at the same time, they're going to be facing a situation where the Chargers – they're, they're, they're probably going to be playing 17 home games or, or, or away games this year, uh, realistically. And the problem is, like you mentioned, you know, it was one thing when it was 29,000 fans, but it's going to be 70,000 fans. And if it is a 70-30 split, and when the Raiders go there, it'll be 80-20, maybe even 90-10. Um, that means you're going to have a lot to deal with in terms of noise, everything, uh, as a home team playing in your home stadium. Um, it's a tough situation. You mean to tell me the Chargers fans not coming up from San Diego? No, that's not happening. <laughs> no, uh, you know that's kind of the unfortunate part of, of relocation. Uh, to prove that you were worthy of getting the green light to relocate, you kind of had to burn bridges right. in your in your hometown. Now it didn't for for the Rams. It, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was St. Louis. It was you know two thousand miles away or whatever it is. 
it's 100 miles away to San Diego, and we all kind of know how San Diego, A, looks at Los Angeles to begin with. The, the Chargers could have gone almost anywhere else and maybe been in a better position with their San Diego fans. But, A, it's Los Angeles, and, B, uh, kind of the scorched earth that the Chargers had to do and then the Rams had to do the same thing in St. Louis to – to be able to prove to the rest of the league that, hey, it's not working here, we need the green light to be able to relocate, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, including a lot of their fans in San Diego, unfortunately. Hey, you know what? That's what I always call St. Louis the baseball capital of the United States. You know why? Because <laughs> they ran two football teams out of town. Seriously. They, they, three, think I think. Didn't that. they used to have they, – they might have had this another – there might have been another St. Louis team way back in the day, but, yeah, you're right, for sure, too, Seriously. the Cardinals and, and the Rams. Yep. Hey, Vinny, uh – did the league come out with its COVID protocol now for the upcoming season and, and what people are going to be able to do once they get into the team buildings? Yeah, and um, uh, as of right now, they have. I think some things might get changed uh, you know, as, as training camp uh, gets a little bit closer. But right now, the long and short of it is if you're a vaccinated player, you have it's, it's as close to normal um, as possible. You're going to be you know, have all access to cafeteria, no no stipulations on your travel. Uh, on bye weeks, you could go home wherever home might be. You don't have to get tested every day. You don't have to wear a mask. You could be in team meetings. Uh, there's no stipulation when you're in the weight room that only a certain amount of people can be in the weight room when you're there. Now, if you're not vaccinated, and there's a lot of players that are choosing not to be vaccinated, uh, there's a whole set of rules for that in that regard when you go on the road you can't go out of your hotel you have to eat at the hotel you can't when you uh, during a bye week you have to stay home or, or here wherever your team might be uh, you have to get tested every day you have to wear a mask uh, when you go into the weight room there can only be a certain amount of people there uh, team meetings you know your positional groups that's going to be um, regulated as well so uh, without mandating that players get the test or get the vaccination the NFL is certainly drawing a line between those who do have have gotten vaccinated and those who have not gotten vaccinated, and it's going to be two different worlds. And I wonder, and I know teams are wondering, how that's going to affect any kind of competitive balance. You know, for the teams that have more uh, vaccinated players, I think uh, it's over 80% for teams like the New Orleans Saints, compared to teams that might be either that, that 50-50 range or even below you know, you're going to have much more freedom in New Orleans than you have elsewhere. And is that going to affect the play? Is it going to affect your operation during the course of a week? If you only have, if 50% of your team can't participate 100% the way everyone else does, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and whether it forces the hand of certain players that are reluctant or have been reluctant to get vaccinated to get vaccinated. Vinny, thanks for coming on. I know it was short, but it was great information, and we really appreciate it. Thanks, Vinny. All right, guys. Have a good week. You too. Today we'll be back to wrap things up right after this. I know you work hard to build your business. Let us help you protect what you started. Ask your agent for pie or get a quote in three minutes at trypie.com. That's T-R-Y-P-I-E dot com. Bringing you L.A.'s best sports talk weekdays, noon to three. Bogan and Rodney. Hey, if you missed this morning's Justin Turner Instagram Live, you can watch the entire interview on our Instagram at AM570 LA Sports, brought to you by Navian Tankless Water Heaters. Navian Tankless Water Heaters with proven performance for efficient and endless hot water. Visit tanklessmadesimple.com. Kevin, Ronnie, thank you. Great job as always. And Rob, really appreciate it. One more tomorrow. One more tomorrow. Can't wait. We'll do it.
What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's 